Shut up and sit down. All right, welcome back to Once You Know Me. Today I'm going to talk about a couple things that are weighing on me about the current climate of our gun control discussion and a couple of things that I think from both sides it's creating an environment where really, really bad stuff could happen. I want you to kind of bear with me for a minute. I'm going to try to unravel this uh, in a way that makes sense. Uh, I've been kind of thinking through it myself, and hopefully uh, we can come to a rational conclusion uh, while I'm talking to you today. Um, But uh, here recently, the Parkland student that we had, there was some several different reports on what actually happened and what parts he played in surviving the Parkland shooting. Uh, David Hogg, he's he's become like a super, it's like a super personality for people on the left, uh, specifically those that are within the gun control argument that, um, you know, this is our children and they have a voice to push uh, political and or push legislation out there uh, because of their experiences uh, at Parkland. Um, so recently things had started to kind of die off for David. Uh, most people had started to kind of forget about the gun control argument like we normally do. Um, personally, I don't have a problem with that because I think most of what we have in place right now works. It's just we need to actually enforce it. Uh, like, you know, background checks and, and reporting to the, the National Register on anything that goes against that. Like, I think the te- uh, there was a shooter not too long ago. Uh, he was ex-Air Force and he had some domestic violence issues while he was in the Air Force that didn't get reported to the registry, and then he was able to get a gun, and he ended up like shooting some people um, because he, he passed the background check. Uh, and after all was said and done, it turns out that if all of that stuff had been reported, then he would have failed his background check, and he wouldn't have been able to buy those firearms. Um, anyways, uh, the Parkland student you know, went in. Uh, he had planned it out uh, beforehand. He was able to you know, get access to a firearm go on to the school grounds and shoot people, and David Hogg was there. And he, well, supposedly he was there. That's what the reports were, that he wasn't there, and then he rode his bike there to cover it. Um, and then there were other reports that he was there. He was hiding in a closet. And there's just several different things kind of flying from different directions. It's really hard to pin down what actually happened. And in some statements, he actually contradicted what he said before. Uh, so it gets really, really confusing. And uh, none of that really matters, but I think it's kind of uh, what causes the discussion to kind of derail and make it where we can't really stay on topic and, and get what the meat and potatoes of what we want out of the discussion. So um, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. But anyways, he's, he formed a group of people to go protest at Publix because apparently, or supposedly, I guess there, it is factual that Publix does, uh, they do contribute some money to the NRA um, well, they also contribute a lot of money to other political, uh, agency or not political agencies, but agencies that receive political funding like, uh, Planned Parenthood, um, and, and a couple of other things out there that do charities. And, uh, from his protests within Publix, uh, Publix decided to go ahead and shut off all donations to all charities, um, at this moment. So it really, really blew back in his face. It's kind of a backfire thing. Um, but, that's not really what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is vilification. And uh, vilification is to speak of or to basically create an environment where people hate a specific group of people. 
And I think this is the first step in creating an atmosphere where uh, things like what happened with uh, Nazi Germany uh, or, you know, Hitler's uh, reign to power and their ability to vilify Jews uh, without, you know, throughout the country and throughout uh, a lot of uh, Eastern and Western Europe. Um, and, and Jews have really gotten a really bad, uh, the Jewish people have gotten a really bad rap throughout, you know, all of history on just somehow the, the society finding a way to vilify them and to, you know, put in these uh, stereotypes that they're money hungry and that they run the governments and that they're all that is wrong in the world, which is a really ridiculous thing to say about people just because of their religious beliefs, specifically if that religion is, you know, su- supposedly... Uh, teaching them to, to love all. But anyways, again, I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to derail on that. Uh, but the, the whole idea of vilification and, the, and what scares me about this is, is right now we're in a climate uh, that it's been perpetuated by the news uh, agencies out there and it's getting blown into like this huge problem on social media throughout race baiting, throughout gun control, throughout abortion, throughout all of these you know, left and right ideologies and no one wanting to really reach in and finding common ground or or to at least have a discussion without screaming at each other. Um, it creates an atmosphere where people feel like the opposite side are, are these villains and that they're literally destroying America. Uh, anybody that is a Trump supporter believes that uh, anyone that thinks Trump is a bad president, that they are they're, they're villains and that they are doing terrible things and they want to destroy the country. Uh, this gets perpetuated by talk radio nonstop and by Fox News, um, which a lot of Fox News uh, personnel are also, you know, big talk radio personalities. Um, uh, you know, for instance, Sean Hannity is like one of the number one talk radio hosts out there for, uh, you know, right wing news on the, on the radio. Plus, he does uh, giant segments within Fox News. If you look at how people talk about the other side, sheeple, libtards, uh, you know, all these, all these different slang words. It's dehumanizing these people and pulling away the human element. It's vilifying this certain group of people. And, and the bad thing is, and really the most, the scariest thing about this is those on that side are consistently making movements that create an atmosphere where you agree with that vilification. Uh, laying down in a shopping market while everyone's there trying to get groceries, uh, all because you want them to stop funding, uh, you know, a completely non-affiliated government agency uh, that runs strictly off of donations from members and from a large majority of Americans who believe in, you know, firmly in their Second Amendment rights, uh, you create a hatred toward what you are trying to do. Uh, You look like children. You look like you are unable to process emotion correctly, and it's easy for people to kind of disconnect from your human element. And and with furthering this vilification, I think that it's really a bad move from someone who do like from a group of people that does not believe uh, that Second Amendment should be a you know an, an all rights to protecting yourself against government. Uh, you know, over overreach or, you know, even genocide, I think it's really, really a bad idea to make your enemy those who support guns and those who have guns and those who support their right to defend their liberties. Uh, because it really requires one moment, like that one straw to break for, seriously, 
something like a civil war to break out. And as soon as you believe that the people you are fighting are harming your way of life and they are harming your liberty and they are trying to destroy everything that you hold sacred, it, it creates the ability to dehumanize them and kill them. Uh, you, you could see this from World War II uh, veterans or people that uh, any of the, the those that are still alive from Vietnam, uh, they do not see, like specifically, it's easier to talk to those that are from Vietnam now, uh, but they don't see the people that are in Vietnam as humans. Uh, they, they have different slang for them and they call them different names. Uh, you know, Charlie and this, that, and the other. It, it was just words to assimilate the enemy. And they, even talking to them now, uh, to these people that served over there now, there's a large portion of them that believe these are subhuman organisms. Like, they don't really exist for any other reason than to be slaughtered. And and I think that that is something that will get built on here in America, and, and that it really, really scares me, uh, because it it's not just one side working toward the goal of restricting those liberties uh, and, and spreading hate and fear to do so. It's They make actions that make those that are on that side believe that they should be dehumanized. And they're not doing it purposely for that reason. They're doing it to push a political agenda and to push legislation that they honestly think is going to make people more safe. I don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, I absolutely don't agree with it. I don't think there's anything that you could do right now to write a law that's going to prevent uh, people from harming each other. Um, there are a million ways. There are a thousand ways to die. I mean, there's a, even a fucking show on Spike Television, uh, or it used to be, um, where there's different ways for people to die. Well, there's also a thousand ways for you to be murdered, and a thousand ways for people to uh, to perform mass murder. And I don't believe that an AR-15 is the only is being restricted to own an AR-15 or own a firearm in general, and specifically a semi-automatic firearm. Uh, I don't believe restricting that ability is going to slow down people's desire to kill each other. I think it's part of the human condition, and I think we have to look at other angles to really understand how we can fix it. To get that fixed down, uh, it it's going to do a lot more. It's going to require a lot more than laying down and kicking and screaming or, or laying down and, and acting dead in the supermarket. Uh, like I said, it, you, you seem more like a child throwing a tantrum. And there are even several memes made out of it about that. But on the on the same thing, I, I I want to look at it from the other side and those that are on the on the gun control side. They see they are creating creating an atmosphere uh, on those who support guns. Uh, they are vilifying those people. And if you'll notice, there's a huge trend right now where most people that are on the left uh, believe that everyone on the right are racist, homophobic misogynistic gun control nuts or evangelical gun control nuts. And they believe that all of those that are on the right believe that everyone that are gay, uh, they are mixed or black or any other color than white or an immigrant or anything other than a regular white Christian family uh, deserve to die. And they believe that that's what they think. And the problem is that that's not what most people on the right believe at all. I'm not saying that there aren't anybody on on that side that believe that way. Of course, racism exists. Uh, people are there are definitely large uh, amount of people out there that are misogynistic or homophobic. Um, but that does not mean that everyone that is on that side of the political spectrum believes that they are better than a certain race or a certain uh, 
culture or certain uh, sexuality. I, I think for the most part, people really do not give a shit what you do in the bedroom. I think most people don't really give a shit about what color you are. And I think most people want to just be left alone. And that's why most of uh, a lot of people that are on the right are starting to kind of filter into that libertarian aspect. And some folks that are on the left are slowly kind of getting more to the moderate end of the spectrum as well. Um, the only issue is that people that are moderate, even if they're moderately left or moderately right, uh, they, sh they do not voice crazy opinions like those that are on the extreme left or extreme right. Uh, it's the problem with social media and the internet in general right now is if you have an extreme opinion, you have a megaphone to scream that opinion from. It's just like Westboro Baptist Church members or uh, anybody that's a white nationalist or something like that. As soon as you say something that's extreme or outrageous, it gets amplified on the net. It gets amplified on the news. It gets picked up and it's because, oh my God, did you hear so-and-so said this? It was a it was a tactic used by the Trump campaign, uh, constantly using things that were extreme or using words that uh, were played out in a certain way to cause an emotional reaction, and it gave him free press. And it was one of the reasons he was the most popular candidate in the Republican Party, even though there were 12 Republicans. And I would say out of the 12, he was literally the worst possible candidate, but he ended up winning the ticket because he just knew how to play the media. And he knows how to play that game to get an emotional reaction, get an emotional response, mm -hmm. and you get free publicity. And as soon as people picked up on that, uh, they, even though they were aware, they could not stop themselves from reading it and looking at it and talking about it and conversing with their friends about it. And I remember during the process, like everyone was saying, Trump this, Trump that. I hate Trump. I love Trump. You know, this, that, and the other. And, and no matter what you felt about him, he was the first thing that came to mind because that was the hot item on the media and on social media uh, nonstop. But I, I just really want to talk about how the way we allow people that are on these extremes to take power in our minds. And we are allowing these people to hold significant amount of real estate in our day-to-day -day thought processes. And the more we vilify each side, the more that we split down the middle, the closer we get to civil war. And I know that sounds like crazy conspiracy talk. I know that sounds like something that somebody that probably wears a shiny hat and has doomsday prepping, uh, you know, a bunker somewhere in the backyard or lives out on, on large lake, uh, acres of land, uh, getting ready for a red dawn type of activity. Uh, but I'm serious when I say that this is a problem. And if there, there are no empires in the history of mankind that have lasted forever, and we are literally ripping ourselves apart from the inside. And if we continue this process of vilification, of the, the vilifying of each side so extremely, and just constantly collectivizing anybody that's to the left of the moderate spectrum and anybody to the right is all extreme right, you know, all extreme left, all extreme right, no matter what, you know, viewpoints you actually have, even if there's some that meet in the middle or become gray, if you automatically collectivize the entire group on both sides constantly over one or two topics, that entire group consistently gets vilified. And I don't think that this David Hogg kid is doing any favors to his group. I don't, 
I don't think his movement is going to gain any traction. Um, becoming a vilified idol for that side of the, of the conversation, and you know, I I really wish people would get this concept of you know sometimes the movements that you make you are actually shooting yourself in the foot, and uh, it's kind of ironic that's that would be a, a pretty significant turn for him uh, because that's exactly what he's doing. And I, I wish that we had ways to have conversations without getting heated. I wish that we had a, a way to truly have like honest discourse without people getting upset. But these, and I don't, I don't want this to come off as me constantly ragging on people that are on the left side of the spectrum. I acknowledge that I'm a more right leaning, uh, moderate or libertarian. Uh, but the, the people that are making it a, like it's a job to get offended. Like it, it's, it's a social status that people strive for to be the most offended. And there's lots of videos out there. There's lots of like college humor clips and things like that that are making fun of people that get offended. Uh, but the more you act offended, it seems like certain groups, especially kids that are, uh, you know, just now in college or, you know, going through some sort of uh, sociology major, they feel like if they get, if they act like they are offended, and there's like this knee-jerk reaction to anybody's statement that they just don't agree with, that uh, as long as they act the most offended, then everybody's going to be on their side, and it gives them like this social perk and the status that everybody will share their tweets and everybody will like their page, and so people will automatically jump to whatever conclusion that they can and automatically say, oh, yeah, that's racist, or, or oh, man, they, they're homophobic, and, and it just hurts your cause because there are a lot of people that are on the opposite side of things that aren't racist or not homophobic, and you're calling them that constantly, and they will, and it will create an atmosphere where you become vilified. And and I see it all the time. It's happened to me from both sides. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, that there are snowflakes on the left and right, and sometimes nothing melts quite as hard as a right wing snowflake. And if you don't believe me, just go on any sort of right wing news source or right wing or Trump supporting page and say something negative about Trump. Say something negative about about the police. Say something you know negative about something that they truly believe in and you'll see them have a meltdown just as hard as anybody would on the left. So they're not any better in that aspect. They actually they have a good way of finding uh, finding ways to be offended just as much as anybody else. Uh, but they don't see the cognitive dissonance I'm calling other people snowflakes. Um, but you know the the point is the more that we attack each other and the more that we lay these labels on each other, uh, the more chance of us devolving into this like just hatred toward one another and we split that much further down the middle. No matter how no matter what ideals or or you know, social things that we have that mesh, we break those apart just because of these key issues that we have uh, that we, we feel so strongly about. Um you know, I, I don't want to beat this dead horse too too much more. I, I just I really wanted to kind of you know put it out there. We need to find a way to stop allowing each other to get so angry about somebody having a different opinion. And and this really does focus mostly on those that are being taught in schools right now, and and any kids that are out there that are going through college, and just not allowing yourself to be out there 
and subjected to a different opinion. Uh, and even if that opinion is offensive to you, as long as that other person is not personally harming you, you need to at least acknowledge that they could have a point. And you need to try to fight yourself in having such a set belief system that you can't see good points from both sides. And it's something that every single person out there struggles with. It's something that I struggle with. It's something that I have to constantly keep myself in check on whenever I have a discussion with someone about, oh man, this person could have a point even if I think that their main point is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so just work on work on allowing yourself to be offended but shutting the fuck up, basically, is what I mean. You know, get past the fact that you're offended and try to see see into what they're trying to say and see reasoning with inside of it. Um, if, as soon as you allow yourself to get triggered or to feel like you need to go and, you know, color pictures in a safe space, uh, because somebody hurts your feelings, uh, you know, you need, you need to seriously check yourself and your ability to have discussions with grown adults. Uh, you're a child, you're acting immature, and this goes for left and right wing. It has nothing to do with, with one side or the other. Um, I think everyone out there could could handle a strong dose of reality and understand that, you know, offensiveness is literally subjective and every single person out there could be offended by any one thing you say. And as soon as you start attaching offensiveness to one thing, you are entering the slippery slope of every single person out there not being able to communicate. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the novel, um, 1984, uh, but if you haven't read it, you need to read it. Uh, you know, finding finding the correlation of what's happening in that book compared to what is happening now is super scary. Uh, I think it's something that every kid, every student mm -hmm. in college specifically right now uh, should be required to read uh, because it's super r relative to what we're going through right now uh, and trying to change the way people talk and taking out words and not allowing people to say certain things in a certain setting or, or at all. Um, it, it's a big deal. Uh, so, you know, go check that out for sure if you've never read it. Um, but anyways, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to ramble on anymore. Uh, I just wanted to get that out there. I wanted to, to kind of talk about that. I, I want us to keep ourselves in check a little bit more and, you know, don't allow somebody's actions like this to allow you to vilify them and to dehumanize them. Because at that point we're doing, we're no better than the actions that they're doing. We're just constantly devolving into these two separate entities that are eventually going to attack each other. And, and you know, obviously I have my ideas on who would win that attack, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's right. And I definitely don't think that it's a good idea for us to murder each other out of, you know, having different ideals within, uh, within politics or society. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys were able to, uh, to check in. Uh, if you have any feedback on this, please feel free to write and uh, shoot an email over to me uh, uh, once you know me uh, at Gmail. And I have uh, the closed Facebook page. It's a once you know me uh, podcast. And if you know you have any ideas for a subject that you want me to hammer down or to kind of give you my thoughts on, I'll be happy to do so. Uh, but anyways, until next time, hang in there and I will see you soon.